Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Lately, Pastor's been talking a lot about, about the move of the Spirit of God about the power of God, about the demonstrations and manifestations of the Spirit of God. And, um, and so tonight, what I want to talk to you about is flowing with the Spirit. Go over there with me to Romans 12. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I want you to flow with the Spirit tonight. Amen. Romans 12, verse 11 The phrase that comes second in that verse is fervent in spirit. He's telling you to be something, to be fervent in spirit. The uh, Weymouth translation says, have your spirits aglow. The Goodspeed says, be on fire with the spirit. The RSV says, be aglow with the spirit. And the one I like best is the New American Standard. It says, maintain the spiritual glow. Something you must do. It's not up to God. It's up to you to maintain it. Who's going to maintain your car? You are. Unless you pay somebody to come in, you're going to maintain it. But then, of course, that responsibility to maintain it is still yours, whether you do it yourself or whether you pay somebody to help you maintain it. Same thing is true with your house. Who's going to maintain your house? You are. It's up to you to maintain your glow, to maintain your spirit. Go with me now to 2 Timothy. Hallelujah. You probably know where I'm going. 2 Timothy, the first chapter, 6th verse. Paul's talking to Timothy. He says, stir up the gift that's within you. Who's doing the stirring? You are. Now, he's talking, you know, he could possibly be talking about the spiritual gift that's in him. But let me tell you, you we've all got a gift in us. The gift of of salvation is on the inside of us. You know, there's a lot on the inside. But you have to be the one to stir up what's already residing on the inside of you. Now, if, if he tells us to maintain it, if he tells us to stir it up, then it must need stirring. It must need maintaining. A car or a house or anything else, you can't neglect it and expect it to be in the same condition five years from now as it is today if you don't do something during that five years. If you don't put any oil in your car, you're going to have a disaster on your hands at some point. You must continually maintain that vehicle if you expect to get in it and be able to to confidently drive it to the next state, to drive it anywhere, just down the street. If you don't maintain it, when you get in it, you have no way of knowing whether it's going to get you where you want to go. There, I mean, I heard of a lady one time who, who took her car to, a, to somebody because it was making a terrible noise, and, and they got there, and they said, Ma'am, when was the last time you put oil in this car? You have to put oil in it? I thought it came with oil. No, you have to maintain the oil. And she had driven like 100,000 miles on the same oil. I mean, the fact that that thing was drivable at all is absolutely amazing. 
Listen, some Christians seem to think they can just get born again today and 20 years from now, they can still expect to have some kind of close relationship with God when they haven't maintained anything. And they wonder how come they haven't gotten anywhere in life because they haven't maintained it. They haven't stirred anything up. I mean, when you've got a pot of chili, things are just going to settle. You got to come along, you got to stir that thing up. To get it to where it needs to be, you've got to keep stirring it up, stirring it up, stirring it up. Why? Because it just settles. If it just settles and you don't stir it up, you're going to have some burnt chili here shortly, which is no good to anybody. Absolutely none. Well, if you've got it, you're going to have to do something with it. Now, go with me to uh, Ephesians 5, 8. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 5.18, I'm sorry. And it says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, it literally means be being filled with the Spirit. Well, why do you have to constantly be being filled? Because Christians leak. You ever had a pot, you know, or, or something, you know, that had a little leak in it, and you were constantly having to refill that thing because it all leaked out? Listen, you're a leaky person. And that's why you have to constantly be being filled. It's not something you just fill up. You know, we, we bought a house from this lady one time that uh, was um, a denominational person, you know, went to a traditional denomination, and, and uh, she let us know that she was a spirit-filled person and when you actually talk to her she spoke in tongues one time about 10 years ago that's not be being filled to be being filled means you have to actively on purpose consistently do something to keep yourself filled and uh, it's not it's not one of those things that, that is as the Spirit wills. It's as if, it's if you will. The Spirit always wills for you to be full. But do you will to be full? You must will and do. You have to do the willing part and you have to do the doing part. And the thing about it is, you know, we, we, we're supposed to have something flowing out of us all the time. Because over in... in um, in John 7, it talks about out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And pastors talked about before about what a difference between a well and a river. A well is for the benefit of the person who lives on that property. But a river will benefit other people. So been, the rivers that, that, are, that are, we're supposed to have flowing out of us are supposed to benefit us, but they're supposed to benefit a whole lot of other people too. If there's no flow, there's no benefit to anybody, to you or to anybody else. You, know, you take a fire hose and you, 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 you connect it to a fire hydrant and you just hold it, nothing's coming out. You lay that thing down on the ground, ants, whatever can, can get in that thing. But you turn that thing on, it's impossible to plug it. Impossible for anything that shouldn't be in it to get in it. You know, the problem with a lot of people, that they, they're suffering with things like depression. They're suffering with care. They've got worry all over them. They've got heartache all over them. They've got bitterness and anxiety, all kinds of, because they're not full of the right thing. 
When you're not being full, when you're not letting something flow out of you, then things get into you that should never have been there to start with. So if you're somebody's having a bad day, they're cranky, they're not full. Look in the mirror, I, I, you know. I, I, I know that when I'm irritable and, and antsy and all that kind of I ain't, I'm not full. When you're irritable and antsy, you ain't full. You know, you're, you're what you exude is something other than full of God, other than full of that gift that's on the inside of you. You know, when somebody's being, you know, like these two ladies, this prayer request for it, they're not full. That's their problem. They're not full. If they were full and they had been maintaining their glow, had kept in a place of being filled, they wouldn't be in conflict. They would have already worked this thing out. You're in conflict with somebody, you ain't full. Somebody's in conflict with you doesn't have anything to do with whether you're full or not. Are you in conflict with them? That's the telling part of it. Uh-huh. The Bible says in John 7, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. Listen, if you're thirsty, God will fill you up. Matthew 5 says, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. See, the problem with a lot of people, they're not being, being filled because they're not hungry for anything God's got. They're satisfied with where they are. But just being satisfied with where you are isn't going to get you where you need to go. It's not going to get you anywhere. John 6 says, come unto me. Those who come unto me shall never hunger. Those who believe on me shall never thirst. Well, now... Hungering and thirsting is, is part of the be being filled. Somebody who's hungry, somebody who's thirsty are actively stirring up what's on the inside of them. They're actively maintaining the glow. They're actively pursuing being filled. You're not, you're not, being, you're not full, you're not hungry. You're not full, you're not thirsty. Because he said, his word says... If you're hungry, he'll fill you. If you're thirsty, he'll fill you. But you see, just because my kids came to me and said, I sure am thirsty. So, then what, what do you do about that? Well, can I have a drink? Well, of course you can. See, a lot of people just go to God go, well, I'm, I'm thirsty. But they don't do anything. See, it's not up to God to come spoon feed you. If you're hungry, it's up to you to belly up to the table because the table's already full. The table's already complete with everything on it that you possibly can eat. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my name. There's a table full of stuff. There's a table full of blessing. There's a table full of provision. There's a table full of just desirable things. He wants you to have anything and everything you want, but he's not going to cram it down your throat. He's not going to put a hose in your mouth and a funnel on the end of it and force you to drink. It says, those who come to me, who come to me. Amen. We need to be so full 
of the Spirit of God, so full in, in, in just what, on what he's provided for us, just letting that recreated man on the inside just be all that he is to be, all he's supposed to be, all he can be. We should be so full of that. We should be so dynamic in our lives that when we leave a room, it's like somebody turned off a light. Now there are people who have who have personalities that are just I mean they are I mean they're just like wow everybody's drawn to that personality and, and when they come in a room lights up but you know that's just human natural personality there is a place when we're so full of God that when we walk into a room things change and when we walk out things change unless we left behind somebody who was getting as full as we were it makes a difference. You know, my living room now has, thank you, Jesus, it's almost complete. It's got three lamps in it and some lights over the fireplace. And now I just love to go in there and turn on my lamps at night. But you know what? It, it, it looks really good with one light. It looks better with two lights on. It looks even better with three lights on. And it looks even better with those little lights over the fireplace slightly on. It looks great. And I could turn any one out of them out, and there's still light in the room, but it doesn't look as good as it should. It doesn't look as good as it could. Are we going to get to a place where we're just satisfied with just a couple of lamps burning? Or do we want to, want to be as good as it can be? As good as it can be. Hallelujah. So we need to get to a place where we're just full. It says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled, be being filled with the Spirit. Well, the, the connotation right there is don't get drunk with wine, get drunk with the Spirit. But some people are just, ready, are just you know, glad to be social drinkers. You know, you know I'm, I'm around people who are drinking, you know, I'll have a little sip. You know, that's not going to get it. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about being stinking drunk. He's talking about being fallen down drunk in the Spirit. I, th- I think I got, I think I had something called a Singapore sling back in the early 70s that got me a little buzz going on. I've never been drunk. I don't know what it feels like to be drunk, you know, with alcohol. But I do know what it feels like to be drunk with the Spirit. And I know which one feels better. And I know which one has better effects afterwards. And I know which one gets some things accomplished and which things don't. And I know which things... Um, affect other people in a positive way, not a negative way. And I know that that's a place where, where I find my needs fulfilled. That is a place where I find some satisfaction that is ongoing and lasting. Natural drunkness will get you nothing but just a few minutes of oblivion. That's all it is. But see, God wants us to experience him on, on that kind of a level. And there's only one way to do that, and that's to get full. To absolutely get full of the Spirit and to do it on a regular basis, on an ongoing basis. That's where the vast potential is, is to get to that place, know how you got there, and stay there. Amen. There's an arena of the Spirit that, the, that God is waiting for us to find ourselves in so that he can open some new doors to us. Pastors talk about manifestations and demonstrations of the Spirit. Well, how are we going to get there? We're going to start off by opening the door 
with our bee being filled. That's the doorway into the more. You know, Dad spent all those years doing Holy Ghost meetings all across the country trying to teach people this, trying to get people to see what it was to, to yield to the Spirit, to flow with the Spirit. And to, be, to do that, you've got to be full of the Spirit. There's a greater power that has got to be demonstrated to this world, and it won't come from people who aren't full. Not like it's supposed to. You know, how much are we going to limit God? That's a choice we're going to make. See, God's not limiting himself. We're the laborers here on this earth. We're the ones he has to use. We're the ones he has to to demonstrate his power through. We have to be the ones who will go and lay our hands on somebody. We're the ones who have to have to fulfill the plan. He gives the plan. We have to, he's not just going to just show up, you know, and just, you know, bam, you're healed. Bam. He doesn't do that. He put us here to do that. He's the one who said, go lay hands on the sick, go into the uttermost parts of the world. Uh, what does it say over in, in, in Mark, the 16th chapter of Mark? I mean, he lays it out. The Great Commission. Hallelujah. These signs will follow believers. In my name they'll cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Them believers need to be full. Can God use somebody who's not full? Yeah, yeah, he, he can, but he's limited in how much he can use them because they've limited themselves. He wants us to get to a place where we're going to flow with him as accurately, as, as easily, as completely as we possibly can. And it's a learning process. And we learn first by keeping this, this person this lives in this body, maintained. Keep this person full. Keep this person on fire. Hmm. John 5, Mary is talking to the servants at the wedding of Cana. And she looked at him and she said, whatever he says to you, do it. See, when we get to a place where we're full then we're able to hear better what he says. And we have to get to a place where whatever he says to do, we're ready to do it. Just following that. Just do it. In Acts 2, it says that they spake as the Spirit gave them utterance. When they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, they spake as the Spirit gave us. Well, now, who gave the utterance? The Holy Ghost did. But who did the speaking? We do. See, God will give you the leadings. He'll give you the promise. He'll tell you what to do next, but you have to do the doing. People, you know, I grew up in a, in a, in a situation, in, a, in an environment where, you know, we were Pentecostals, but, but we had this idea that somehow God just moved on you and just, just took over. And, you know, the Holy Ghost just did all the speaking. Well, it came as a great revelation to me one day when I found it. He gives the utterance, I do the speaking. That seems so simple to me now, but it, it was never that way. And do you know there's most people who still think that way? 
that somehow God just, the Holy Spirit just comes in, just takes you over, and he just makes you speak. He's not going to make you do anything. If he could, we'd all be in such a different place. Such a different place. But he's not going to make us do it. We have to get to a place where we're so full that we can hear what he's saying. That book, how to, how to Be Led by the Spirit of God, impacts every area of your life. Every area. If you don't have it or haven't read it, you need to get it and read it. You know, like the pastor said, we don't, we're not there just to make money. We're not there to have a profit, you know, on, on books and stuff. In there. But I will tell you this, any profit that bookstore makes goes into missions. We save it up till we get about $1,000, and then we, then we decide, you know, who, who, Lord, which, who would you like us to send this money to? And it's not one of our five regular missionaries all the time. It has been at times. But there's other people that, you know, that we just you know, feel impressed just to send this to that are, that are in missions. Any profit we make, that's where it all goes. And, but you need to get the book. You need to have it because you can't really operate successfully in this life if you do not know how to be led by the Spirit of God. Your, your success rate is going to be much smaller if you don't understand how he leads you. You will not be able to follow God's plan for your life if you don't know how to, he, his spirit leads you. Well, that's a whole other subject, sorry. But we have to get to a place where we learn to trust the promptings that are on the inside of us. And, and you won't hear those promptings if you're not full. You won't hear them easily, let's say. It will be harder and harder for you to, the less full you are, for you to recognize when God is prompting you to do something. You know, and when he does prompt you, you may not have the whole picture. You know, when you go to Publix and he says, there's somebody over there. I want you to go, I want you to go over there. You go, okay, Lord. You, know, you may not even know who it is to you walk around the corner. I want you to lay hands on him and pray for him. Just do it. I need you to talk, to go talk to this person. What am I supposed to say? You know, the Bible says, you know, you open your mouth, he'll fill it. You know, you may not have any inkling what you're going to say to him. But I tell you what, when you get there, because you obeyed, you'll say exactly what you're supposed to say. So we need to get to the place where we are just giving ourselves to those promptings and being willing to trust what we get on the inside. Now, how can you trust what's on the inside? By knowing how to be led by the Spirit of God. Again, that book impacts every area of your life. If you have it, read it again. If you don't have it, go Get it. And if you want one tonight, I'll be happy to open the bookstore for you tonight. But we need to, we need to get into that place where we're already moving with the Spirit. It's kind of like, like getting on the interstate. You know, I love this new entrance ramp, except when there's a big semi in front of me. Amen. I'm just like, why did y'all not make this two-laned? I mean, I know other big cities have got two-laned entrance ramps so the slower people can be over here, you know, and the faster people. Faster people, how how many faster people I got here tonight? The faster people can be in here and get around them. You know, how many times is my love walk challenged when I get behind somebody on the entrance ramp? And it's a long entrance ramp. And do you not know that the speed limit is 70 on this interstate and you're still doing 40 and we're at the end of the entrance ramp? Come on, move it. That's when I find out how filled I am. (laughs) 
But you see, for us to, to be in a place where we're being filled, it's kind of like we're on the entrance ramp. We're already at a place where we're moving. We're in the car. The car's started. We're on, we're, we've gotten, gotten, gotten behind the wheel. We've pushed on the gas. We're going somewhere. The more you're filled, the more you're going to accelerate. When you come up in a, in, a, in a place here where God wants you to get into the flow of something he's doing, it's easy just to move right into it. Otherwise, you find yourself at 40 miles an hour and a semi bearing down on you. And so you've got to stop. Well, it's hard then to get on from a dead stop. How many times have I seen people do that on the side of the road? I was like, please, Lord, protect them until they got sense enough to get back on here. <sighs> you see where my love walk is right there, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, the Spirit of God can pass you by if you're not up to speed. It'll just pass you by. Because you can't, you can't get in. Because you're not up to where you need to be. So by staying full of the Spirit, you're going to get up to speed so you can move into the flow wherever you are. That flow might be on the job. That flow might be anywhere you find yourself, at a grocery store, at a gas station. You respond and yield from your heart, not from your head. If you stop to think about it, the the devil will talk you out of it. Or you will talk yourself out of it. The devil doesn't need a lot of help from us sometimes. We do it for for him. We just talk ourselves, no, I I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. The greater one lives on the the inside of you. Of course you can do it. You've got all all the Godhead and living in you. Why can't you do it? Doesn't the word say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Yes, you can. Make sure you don't make excuses. Well, I can't when you really mean I don't want to. See, see, we, we pull off the old I can't card sometimes when we really just don't want to. Amen. Hallelujah. But God's got so much for us out there. Listen, sometimes it doesn't make a bit of sense what he tells us to do. But the key is, what are the results? Did it make sense for the, for the children of Israel who weren't even born again, who weren't even spirit-filled, but they followed what God said do? Well, did it make sense for them to march around some city seven times and then shout? Didn't seem to until the walls fell down. Yeah. Did it make any sense for them to put the praisers out ahead of the army? When they went to battle, only if he didn't like the praisers. We need a new choir, Lord. Let's get rid of these. (laughs) Did it make sense for Paul and Silas just to begin to sing praises in the midnight hour in a prison? Not really until until the chains fell off and all the doors came open. Did it seem ridiculous that Peter just laid down and went to sleep? When they said, we're going to beh- take your head off in the morning. Come morning, he wasn't there. An angel came and had let him loose during the night. It made plenty of sense. Listen, it don't have to make sense to you. Just follow what God says do and do it. You know, the results will speak for themselves. Hallelujah. It's going to take faith just like anything else takes faith. You'll have to step out in, in times when you just it's like... You know, 
you, you, you kind of like feel like Paul, in fear and trembling, you're going to do it. You know, but you're going to do it. You know, you're going to take this flesh and you're going to say, no, I don't care how you feel. This is what you're going to do. And you just go do it. But let me tell you about, there's a lot of personal aspects of this that will benefit you. There is a flow of the Spirit in your personal everyday life, not just when you're in church. We sometimes stop and we think about being in the flow of the Spirit only when it comes to church services, but that's not the case. There is a flow for you to walk in every day of your life from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed that have absolutely nothing to do with you being in a church service. And I don't think we have ever really understood that the way we ought to. That there is a flow of the Spirit for your everyday life. When you get up in the mornings and you encounter some problem on the job, there's a flow. If you're already in that flow, you'll have the answer. You encounter somebody who's not such a great person, you'll you'll know how to handle them. You'll know what to say. You'll know what to do. You'll know where to go. You'll know what to buy, what not to buy. There is a flow. But you see, you will only find that flow if you're full. If you have practiced maintaining that feeling, plugging the leaks as best you can. See, the world, just dealing with the world, you know, causes us to just put out so much. Whatever you put out, you got to put back in. You know, we find ourselves in situations that can be draining at times. Yeah, I've had I have many situations in life, you know, you know, family things where you're having to take care of, of somebody. Like when my dad, you know, was in the hospital for six weeks and I was running back and forth to Jacksonville. I mean, you had, I had to get to a place where I just had to pray, just pray in the Holy Spirit, just all the way to Jacksonville, all the way back, just because I needed to get built up before I got there and I needed to get myself built up on the way home because I have how much, you know, just got drained out while I was here. Every situation you encounter is going to pull on you. And you have to maintain that that feeling on the inside of you so that you can maintain that flow of the Spirit in your everyday life. When you have to make decisions. I know Steve Green, you know, had a a big um, remodel project at one of his businesses. You know, he, he needed the flow of the Spirit. So that he knew what to do when, the, when things came up. You know, when you're dealing with contractors, sorry guys, for all those of you in contractors, um, he needed to know how to deal with people. He needed to know what decisions to make. I remember when we put the building together, you know, and things just had to be picked out. I just said, Lord, I'm not a decorator. I need some help here. And I had to depend on a flow of the Holy Ghost to just pick out carpet. Seriously. Tile. It's amazing what you got to pick out if you're building something. For anybody who's built, you, you know exactly how that is. There's a million things to have to choose. Isn't it nice to, have the, to de- be able to depend on a flow of the Holy Ghost to help you do that so that the finished product is something you're happy with? See, there's a lot of ordinary things that we never even consider that there is an extraordinary ability to, to do and to maintain. But we can do that when we're full and we're staying in a flow. Staying with him in that flow, in that flow. Now, since we almost always talk about flowing with the Spirit in in connection with the service, let's talk about being responsive in a service. You know, yielding and responding. 
two, two very, very similar words and really the same thing. Well, how can you yield to the Holy Spirit? How can you flow with the Spirit in, in a service? Number one, participate in the ordinary parts of the service. You want to say here the ordinary? I don't mean ordinary. Maybe just the typical, the things that we come to expect. We come in, we sing a few songs, we stop, we have the greet, meet and greet, you know, then we, then we do the offering, then we sing another song, then there's minister, ministry, and then there's prayer. You know, participate in every part of the service. Well, one of those ways, if you're nice and full of the Spirit, number one, one of those first ways you can, you can participate in is by being full before you get here. Being full before you get here. It impacts a service greatly. Whether people come in ready or not ready. Okay, I finally got here. You know what? You can get up and you can be praying in the Spirit while you're doing your hair, while you're in the shower, while you're, you know, for me, I, I, I mean, we always go home for lunch on, on Sunday, so I'm usually in the kitchen trying to get something together. I mean, you can, be pray, you can be praying and just thanking God. You know, it doesn't require getting down and spending 30 minutes on your knees and on your face on the floor, you know, to be ready for the service on any given day. It means have your heart turned toward him. Be preparing yourself so that he can use you at some point. And he will use you. He uses you every time you walk in the door if you will let him. Now, participating in every aspect of the service means this. It means you don't just stand there and just watch the praise and worship people and hang on to the back of the seat. Happens all the time. People who just stand up because everybody else is stand up, but they're not singing. I'm just thinking, well, why are you even standing? You know, come on, people. This is called praise and worship. It's not called a performance. This is not a concert we're giving. It's called praise and worship where everybody praises God. Participate. Participate in the announcements. By paying attention. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'll I remember that and I will do it. Participate in the offering. Giving gladly, joyfully. God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver is a full giver. A full, full. That spirit man is full. He's full. He's, he's being filled. He's cheerful about giving. Because I know there's blessing attached to giving. I, you know, I know I'm not giving from a heart that's stingy. I'm not giving from a heart that's like, eh, I'm not giving from a heart that's just given to get. I'm giving because I love God. Because I love him. And I love his work. I love his church. I love what he does in the lives of people. And I want to participate in making sure that that gets done. Hallelujah. One thing you can do while you're participating in all these typical parts of the service is guard your heart. You know, sometimes you can find yourself going, I don't like that song. I don't like what that girl's wearing up there. I think her skirt is too short. I think, I think, you have to guard your heart. If you're going to come in filled, you're going to have to be, you have to guard your heart to stay filled. You can guard your heart by, by saying, it matters what I do. 
It matters whether I put my all into this. It matters. You're not high. Just because you're sitting behind somebody does not mean God does not see you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, tell, I tell them in the choir, you know, Steve, tell them to smile when they're up there because somebody is watching them. I don't care if they are on the third row of that thing up there. Somebody is watching every person that's up there. Sm- tell them to smile. Act like they're up there, you know, praising God, enjoying this. This is what my focus is and leading somebody else into worship. If you just stand there, go sit down if you're not happy to be up there. Guard your heart. The, the enemy will try to bring in things like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. One person, I'm just one person, it really doesn't affect the service. Yes, it does. Or, guard your heart by not being complacent. Well, somebody else will do it. Somebody else. You know, you remember my thing from a couple of weeks ago that everybody, somebody, anybody, nobody? Okay. Don't become part of the nobodies. You need to be part of the everybody's. It's everybody's job, everybody's responsibility to flow in a service. And the way you flow is participate. Guard your heart from distraction. Don't, you know, I hate sitting in the back because I get too distracted by what people come, you know, coming and going, all this nonsense. Listen, my mama taught me at an early age because I went to church for the very, I mean, I was in church. The very first place I went to when I left the house as a baby was to church. And my mama taught me early, sweetheart, you go to the bathroom before you get to church, and you don't get up again until church is over. Now, I understand that there are, you know, sometimes, you know, you have no choice. I do understand. I do understand that. But most people don't have to make as many trips out that door as that they do. It's distracting to other people, not just you. I had to look at the camera footage one time you know, some months ago, and I went, Kendra, are you kidding me? That many people have to get up and go out of service? Every, she said, yep, every service is kind of like that. It's like a revolving door. And I'm going, do you know that could be distracting to somebody else? So participate. Get in the flow by staying in your seat. Oh, that's a little harder. It's okay. When, the, when something's starting to happen in a service, demonstration of the Spirit are going on, running, shouting. Listen, do what you need to do. Do what you, but participate in them. Don't just sit and go, uh-huh, that looks good. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you could be praising God. You could be praying in the spirit. You could be running. You could be shouting. You could be dancing. But you could be doing something. Doing nothing is not an option if you're going to be flowing in the spirit. Do you hear me? Doing nothing is not the option. It's not a choice. A, B, C, D, and and none of the above. Nah. It's not. Be open. To being used in tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. Doesn't the Bible say, say that we should all covet to prophesy? Be in a place where you're so full that you're open to being used. God's not going to use everybody in a service. But you never know who he might want to use. You shouldn't just leave it all up to the pastoral staff to do it. Because there's gifts and abilities in you. If God said that for all of us to cover that we might prophesy, then he, and, he obviously has, has given you the ability to do that. 
But you have to desire that. You have to be in a place where you're in the flow of the Spirit so that He can use you. And speaking of being in the flow, whatever the flow of that service is, stay with the flow. If, if pastor asks for, for uh, uh, testimonies of, of the goodness, how good God's been to somebody, stay with the flow. If he wants, if he wants testimonies of, of whatever, if, if, if some specific direction has been given in any service, stay with the flow. Because otherwise, you interrupt the flow. And then respond to invitations of the Spirit and respond quickly. You know, when, when uh, there's word of knowledge goes out, you know, that there's somebody with a back problem, don't stand there for, for you know, 30 seconds. Well, is that me? I don't know. Is my back really hurting today? Just respond. Because your response can trigger a response in somebody else. Now, if you don't respond quickly, there's no reason for the, for the, for the Spirit to continue. When there gets no response from anybody, there's no re- reason for him to continue. There's maybe other people he wants to minister to in other areas. So if that applies to you, respond. Can we, uh, we're almost out of time, but I, I brought this tonight. This right here is a church service. God's got a gift for us every time we come to church. He's got something for us that he wants us to leave with that we didn't have when we came in. Now you think, what in the world is she doing with toilet paper? Listen, this is what God's got for us in a service. And sometimes we just take it out and we just kind of look at it and go, oh, well, that's nice. And, yeah, it looks pretty useful. And, well, somebody's going to need that, you know. And so, we just leave. and so we just kind of leave the wrapper on it. When you come in Deadsville, you're just leaving the wrapper on. But then, you know, we get you up and we get you praising God and we take the wrapper off. Oh, yay, the wrapper's off. All right. So now we've got this. And when, yeah, that, that, looks, that looks really good. Yeah, yeah, that looks really good. But then there's, you know, you see this right here? There's this place where they, they put glue on this to keep it from un, unwinding. And, and sometimes it's just really hard to, in a service to get people to let go. And get in with the flow. And so, and so, okay. All right. Now we're willing to go with the Spirit of God a little bit. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're ready. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know it's okay. And so, Pastor, I want you to take the end of that. And so we go a little ways and uh, disconnect. Sometimes that's as far as God can get. And then there are other times we, we, we've, got, we've got a little flow going. Oh, man, this is a good flow. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Poof, disconnect. Drew, come here. And then there are times. This is what we want to get to. If you're going to get to a place where you're going to flow in the Holy Ghost, we all flow in the Holy Ghost. If the demonstrations and manifestations of the Spirit and the demonstration of the power that God really wants us to have are ever going to happen, we're going to have to get into a place where we're all together in the flow of the Spirit. And when we do, just keep going. 
Just keep going. 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 Yep. 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 Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Go on. Go. 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 You see, this is what a service ought to look like. That we don't stop until we get to the end of the roll. Until God has done everything he wanted to do in that service. Until he's accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish in the lives of the people in that service. So what are you going to do with your role come Sunday morning? Are we going to leave the packaging on it and go, well, that's nice. But you know what? It really doesn't apply to me. Or are we going to just go, okay, well, you know, God, if you want to move a little bit, you can move and then kind of unstick it a little bit. Or are we going to say, well, God, you can move a little bit. I'll go with you on it a little bit. You know, we get it. We just go so far and then we disconnect. Are we going to let him to do everything he wants to do? Everything he wants to do. You know, there's some places out there that God wants to take us that's not going to be comfortable to our flesh. But you see, it's a good thing for us to crucify that flesh and to tell it what it's going to do, not what it wants to do. It's a good thing for us to get past our feelings, our likes, our dislikes, what we, what we think the service ought to be. Listen, even in a, just a nothing but an but a ordinary teaching service, there is a flow of the Spirit that we need to be involved in. Because in that flow, when there is nothing but a ministry of the word, that word going forth is supernatural. The word has the, 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 uh, the, uh, the power to change your life. Now, if that's not supernatural, I don't know what is. The more we stay in the flow of the Spirit by being filled when we come in here, the more apt the person in the pulpit is to be able to get out what's on the inside of them and actually pull out more than what they thought they had when they came in here. I've heard pastors say it more times than when I never even thought of that myself until I heard myself say it. That's your job in an ordinary teaching service. And the more we get into a flow by being full, maintaining that glow, by by staying full of everything, the more we'll see it. You know, my speech and my preaching. See, there was teaching. With Paul, there was teaching. There's teaching when you come here. But it should be in demonstration of the power of God. There is a supernatural flow of the teaching anointing that needs to occur. In a service. There's supernatural anointings in praise and worship that need to occur in a service. There's supernatural anointings of the gifts of the Spirit that need to occur. Don't let us limit those, those things that we call in the flow to just those things like running, dancing, shouting, the gifts of the Spirit. There's more to it than that. So you're going to come in here Sunday full? You're going to come in maintaining the glow? You're going to stay out there not being leaky Christians but being filled Christians? Getting in your car, getting in that spiritual vehicle come Sunday morning and getting, and getting it revved up and, and getting on the entrance ramp and accelerating so you can get in the flow. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. 
If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.